0: You are listening to the Broke Generation podcast. The podcast that helps you feel better about money so you can be better with money. My name's Emma and I'm your host. Not so long ago, I was a bit of a hot money mess. But now, through getting to know myself and my relationship with money on a deeper level, I've managed to turn my finances around. And I want to help you do the same thing. This podcast will become your number one place for finance that makes you feel good by bringing you new insights into managing money in your 20s and 30s and breaking down the financial, lifestyle and career barriers that face our generation every day. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. I acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which I'm recording and you are listening to this podcast today. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hey everyone, this episode is a recast from around this time last year. It is a handy hacks, tips and tricks episode packed with ideas on how to help you spend mindfully and stay financially safe during the holiday season. I thought it was worth sharing again since we are approaching December and with the cost of living crisis, it is more important than ever that we stay financially safe over the holidays. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Broke Generation podcast. As we are heading into the silly season, which I'm kind of unsure if that's an Australian saying that I've picked up on or if everyone calls it that. I don't think I've ever called it that before I moved here, but anyway, silly season, festive season, holiday season... December, whatever you want to call it. I want to slide into your ear holes with a solo episode packed with mindset shifts and hacks to help you navigate that, insert name of silly season here, spending without losing your head and your financial confidence. So, it's the end of November now and that means for lots of us you'll be staring down the barrel of a festive season of socialising, jingly music in shops and maybe even trips overseas or domestically depending on <laughs> your appetite for, um, for travel at the moment. And as always a shitload of novelty is going to come with all of that. So I'm going to get straight into the tips to make this one a super waffle-free, actionable one for you. But tip number one is to strengthen your novelty radar. The holiday season is full of novelty. However you celebrate, however much you love or hate the holidays... There's just novelty at every turn. Everything from gift sets to advent calendars to just sort of like Christmas specials of everything that you already buy, but there's a Christmas edition. I almost succumbed to buying a Missima advent calendar. Missima is a jewellery company that I really like in the UK. Well, they're actually, they ship worldwide, but I came across them in the UK. And it was like worth $800, it only costs you like 390 or something like that. And I got so swept up in the novelty of it all before I realised that even if I'm getting loads of value I don't necessarily want 12 items of jewelry that I haven't picked out and I don't even have my ears pierced so unsurprisingly a lot of the items were going to be earrings and I couldn't have even worn them and outside of the novelty Christmas and holiday hype I just don't think that if you were in a shop looking at something and someone was like, hey, you want that one, but what if I could pick five for you and give you them for $400? You'd be like, "Mm, no, you're okay, thanks, I'll just get the one I want. It's just because we're in that heightened state of the novelty. And for that reason, with novelty being so rife at Christmas and around the holidays, We need to be really careful and turn on this novelty radar because our brains love new shiny things. We shimmy about like magpies looking for shiny things and we bulldoze our financial confidence as a result. And companies know that we do this too. So it's really no surprise that there's a Christmas or holiday version of absolutely everything because they know that that is exactly what we want and we lap it up every single year. Really practice strengthening your novelty radar to rein in your festive spending and always 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 question those sort of hyperbolic sweeping statements like $500 worth of value that you see sort of plastered all over gift sets and novelty items. If you didn't want all the items, there is no extra value, okay? If you didn't want everything in there, it doesn't matter how fancy it is, how shiny it is, how cute the packaging is. There is no extra value if you didn't want the items to begin with. Now, let it be said, this is not true for all gift sets. I love browsing the Mecca gift selection. Mecca, if you're not from Australia, is sort of like a makeup store that has all the kinds of different brands, a bit like Sephora, a bit like Ulta Beauty, that kind of thing. But I love browsing there because you can actually get from some of the brands really good value. Certain brands, they will, you know, pack in sort of like a set of the serum and the moisturiser or multiple shades of the highlighters in sort of minis that you can actually get sort of all of them all at once without having to buy them individually. I personally like doing that from Hourglass because their individual highlighters are so expensive. But at Christmas, they usually release a palette of all three. And like, I've Very rarely do I ever get to the bottom of a highlighter or it takes me a really long time to do that because I don't wear makeup every day and so that's something that is a good financial decision for me because it is better value and I am getting something that's better. But that's why this tip is not don't buy novelty, it's turn on your novelty radar because In that instance, you're making a smart decision, even though you might be surrounded by a bit of novelty. But if you turn on your novelty radar, you're going to be a lot more likely to know when that's happening and also stop yourself from getting caught up in times when it isn't a smart financial decision. You are picking up what I'm putting down? Tip number two is don't make excuses to spend. (laughs) And I mean, look, we all do this all the time. It's a really normal part of human behaviour to try and justify... What we want to do, we we'll sort of create the circumstances to make it the right sort of time for us to you know, buy that thing or spend that money or go to that place or whatever. But the major downside to the holidays is that if we are gifting for other people, we find ourselves a little bit more exposed to shops and online stores than maybe normal because on our travels, we find things that we want for our recipients, but we also spot things that we want for ourselves. I don't know if anyone else has ever done this, but I am terrible for finding things for me, when I'm supposed to be shopping for other people. I mean, I'm a Gemini only child, Scorpio rising, it makes a lot of sense. (laughs) But for some reason, all of the things that I've been looking for all my life tend to present themselves to me when I'm trying to buy something for someone else. I don't know what it's about, but it's a thing, trust me. If I am looking for like the perfect beige mule or something I will find it when I'm looking for something for someone else it just it always goes that way and it sort of means that then I'm sort of torn between how to sort of factor both into my finances at that time and anyway it's just a time but because we're going to be a lot more aware of a lot of these things that are available to us when previously we might not have gone in that many stores in one day we need to be really careful of making excuses to spend and allowing your brain to indulge in what I like to call, and yes, I made it up, the future benefit fallacy, where we overinflate the future benefit of an item so that we convince ourselves to buy it. So we're either overinflating how much money it will save us, how great it will look, the impact it will have on our lives. We really, really inflate that to the point that it's kind of borderline ridiculous. Just so that we can sort of convince ourselves that we're making a good decision and not a bad one. So, really look out for when you're making excuses to spend. And again, as with a lot of my tips and sort of statements I make like this, it's not black and white. It's not that you will never go, you know what, I've worked really fucking hard this year. I'm going to treat myself to this because I've been looking for this for ages. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you sort of honestly find yourself basically scratching your head looking for an excuse and you're kind of like rocking your brain (laughs) for reasons why you deserve this or fudging how necessary it is for your life or whatever it's that sort of toxic excuse behavior that i'm talking about really tune into when that's happening because not only will it save you money in in real time it will actually leave you with a lot less shit that you don't really need because if you are making excuses to spend yes you're acting on impulse in that moment and you're trying to justify your behavior in that moment but you are also adding to your collection of of consumable goods or consumer goods that you have in your home, whether it's your wardrobe or your makeup drawer or whatever, whatever it is, whatever your poison is. But you're also taking away from financial confidence in the future as well, because every dollar that we spend today is one less for tomorrow, mathematically. So it's not just to stop you buying things in the here and now, it's to benefit you in the future. Tip number three is to contextualise your spending. Tell me more. So I don't know if anyone else feels like this, but to me, sometimes the festive season, a bit like going on holiday, it can feel a bit like a parallel universe <laughs> where responsibility melts away. Every decision ends with, oh, fuck it, it's Christmas or fuck it, it's been a shit year or fuck it, there's been a pandemic or fuck it, I'll fix it in the new year. And, you know, everything from our average size appetites become bottomless pits of goodies and our bank accounts suddenly <laughs> have a lot more mileage than we thought they they did and suddenly our house savings aren't quite as important anymore. And it's important to really contextualise the spending that you are doing in the context of your broader financial reality. You know, trigger warning, I'm about to say the word calories, but in a, trust me, in a non-toxic way. It's a bit sort of like what that period of time between Christmas and New Year where you just sort of like eat six times the amount... <laughs> That you normally would. And there's sort of a lot of that stuff around, like, oh, calories don't count around Christmas or whatever it is. Or calories in Christmas Day don't count. I hate all that bullshit. And it's so much to unpack there, which is just, you know, a story for a different podcast entirely. But it's sort of a bit like, well, they do count because you are still putting that into your body. And just like spending also counts. Spending cannot be erased after the... The festive season. It's all the same money. <laughs> Currency is not different when you are on holiday. It's not different when it's Christmas. It's not different when it's the end of the year. Everything still counts. So really look out for times when you might be splashing cash on things that don't really add much value simply because, oh fuck it, it's Christmas. When in actual fact you've been putting off, you know, going to therapy or booking that dentist appointment or getting that tyre replaced because you think you can't afford it right now. That's what I really mean by this contextualizing. So really looking critically at your financial situation as a whole outside of the parallel universe of Christmas or the holidays. Where could your perception perhaps of the value of $100 be falling down because of the magnitude of the festive season, for example? Back to that therapy example or back to that dentist example, if you've been putting off making that dentist appointment because you're thinking, oh, I really can't spend that right now, but how's that stacking up in terms of the spending decisions you're making? Because fuck it, it's Christmas. Enjoy yourself, yes, but just add that one level of sensible filtering onto your purchase and your spending decisions to make sure you're not giving up something you need for something you barely even want, just because fuck it, it's Christmas. Tip number four, add another example of Emma contradicting herself on the podcast. Tip number four is equally don't attempt to spend nothing. Yes, yes, friends, I'm here all week with my bullshit. I am back on my bullshit. I should make that into a little jingle actually and I could hit back on my bullshit every time I do this. But anyway, <laughs> back to the tip because it does have merit, I swear. Tip is don't attempt to spend nothing. So sit down at some point over the next few days, or depending on when you're listening to this, and look objectively at your December plans. Even if it doesn't really feel like the festive season yet, because... I mean, fuck it. How is it already December? How is it even 2021? I'm not even fully in that right mindset yet. But you know, here we are. We move. <laughs> but even if it doesn't feel like a festive season yet, or you're not even really ready to think about it, just start getting into that frame of mind from a calendar or a schedule perspective. And maybe even get proactive with starting to lock in the things that you know you're going to want to do. Even if your brain's not ready to process it yet, do you always have, you know, festive drinks with your girlfriends? Or do you usually have a family thing? Or do you have a holiday catch up with your schoolmates. Planning ahead means that you can start to allocate money to these in advance which is not only you know financially smart and helps you make better decisions on the night because you've planned for it and factored it into your budget or spending plan but you'll also enjoy it more because you won't be preoccupied with the money side of things and sort of thinking oh god I can't spend anything because I hadn't planned for this or I hadn't even considered this in my December spending. The reason for that is for some reason our brains like to let us sit in the confusion of how we'll pay for something. I've done it myself with social events or sort of more, in a more serious sense, therapy sessions. I know that it's coming up and I'll sit there thinking, hmm, I haven't resourced my money for this. How am I going to pay for that? How much will dinner be? I know my therapy session is that much. How am I going to pay for that? But then I just don't do anything about it. And then, you know, the dinner or the therapy session rolls around and then I have to deal with it because I have to, you know, pull money from somewhere or whatever it is. But all it does when we do this is it makes things less enjoyable because we're deferring the responsibility and then the responsibility comes at the time we're meant to be enjoying whatever's happening or reaping the benefits of whatever this event or appointment or expense is. But the outcome is always exactly the same. So if I'm going to dinner on Wednesday or I've got therapy on Friday or whatever and I ultimately need to take $100 out of my savings for that, whether I do that today and consciously think, right, I need to resource this money somewhere, it's going to come from here, or whether I do it on the day in a scramble when we're trying to split the bill the outcome is exactly the same but my enjoyment of the event and my you know reaping of the benefits from therapy is reduced because I've delayed the responsibility of resourcing it financially and so that's what I really mean about not attempting to spend nothing and really sitting down with your calendar and thinking right what am I going to want to do Where am I going to resource this from financially? And what's actually possible and what's not? If you spot yourself thinking, "Mm, I've got that on Friday, haven't got the money in my account, need to pull it from somewhere and ignoring it, really stop yourself and deal with it. Either work out where the money is going to come from and make that decision, own it and be okay with it. Or if it's really not doable and you really can't afford it, doing that in advance means that you have enough time to have an honest conversation with whoever you're doing it with about finding something cheaper to do. Honestly, a night in with a bottle of Aldi wine and a card game can be just as much festive fun as going out for drinks if it's something that you really can't afford or taking money out of your savings for something you're really going to love and owning that decision and being okay with that decision and doing that consciously is going to make that experience a lot more enjoyable because you have actually owned the financial responsibility of it and not deferred it to cloud your experience on the day. That kind of neatly segues me into tip number five, which is cut the silly season secrecy. So for some of us, the silly season can be a bit competitive, whether it's like flexing your financial situation in choosing which restaurant you want to go to for the Christmas catch up or where the most ideal Airbnb would be for New Year's Eve or feeling stressed about gift budgets. Let's more of us make the mindset shift not to participate in that toxicity this year. It's been a rough couple of years for everybody and, you know, in our friendship groups and maybe families and even you know co-working groups we might experience or we might notice a bit more financial displacement than normal because everybody's been impacted by the pandemic in a completely different way so perhaps a couple of years ago you and your friends might have all been in a similar-ish financial situation in terms of income and savings But now with the pandemic, some people's incomes and savings have gone up, some people's have gone down, some people's attitudes to money have changed, some people's financial situations have changed entirely. And I think that it's a really nice opportunity to just open up the financial conversation around money around Christmas and the holidays just a little bit more. I really believe that in order to make permanent changes to the way that we live and communicate post-pandemic and reap the rewards of the changes that can and probably will come from the pandemic, we all need to start actually behaving in alignment with that. And that type of thing starts with having a conversation about where's best to go for the Christmas catch up and being okay with having different sort of, you know, financial appetites for that. Don't get me wrong, I know it's difficult and everyone's situation is different and everyone's situation is unique and we all communicate differently and for you this might be something that you don't usually talk about. But if you can, try and open the conversation with friends and family and arrive at solutions that make everybody feel financially comfortable. Maybe you could set a gift limit, maybe you could suggest a secret Santa or swap the bougie bar catch up with a bring a plate picnic in the park if you're in Australia or if you're in the UK, uh, you know, at someone's house (laughs) because it's cold. And I say this particularly to the ones that maybe aren't struggling with financial confidence right now. If that isn't you, maybe you might be in a better position to take on that responsibility and think about who might benefit from you doing some of the heavy lifting for them to make them feel more comfortable. I personally think it's probably easier emotionally to be the one going, hey, why don't we do a secret Santa when you're not the one that needs a secret Santa because you've lost your job this year. I think that If in your family or friend group there is, you know, uh, imbalance in the way people's finances have gone during the pandemic and you're on the better end of the scale financially, there's a lot to be said about how you could try and shape the situation to better benefit the people that aren't in as much of a financially confident situation as you are and do some of the heavy lifting for them so that they don't feel the pressure and so that they don't sort of that's not something else for them to have to worry about to think, fuck, how am I going to tell my family or my friends that I need? to spend a bit less on on gifting this year or whatever let's call it financial kindness let's all practice some financial kindness and some financial awareness this year Mm -hmm. tip number six is be careful of revenge spending now don't get me wrong this definitely ties into the excuses tip when you're making excuses to spend be really careful of revenge spending because it's been a shit year and there'll be a lot of revenge spending happening And by that, I mean, you know, we spend a little bit extra and we make some sort of reckless financial spending decisions because we're sort of getting revenge on what we've lost as a result of the pandemic, especially with this being the second Christmas that this has been in our lives, which I don't think is necessarily the way we thought it was going to go when we sort of first had that initial bit of a reprieve after the first couple of lockdowns. Watch out for the mindset of revenge spending and sort of trying to claw back things that you've lost because yeah absolutely making up for lost experiences is important but doing it in a way that's mindful rather than impulsively revengeful I think is something we can all be aware of tip number seven is aim for eight out of ten and leave a margin for error a margin for error is truly one of the best things in absolutely every area of life and money is no exception (laughs) it's always true but even more so in financial environments that are outside of our everyday lives for example holidays christmas end of year time off work etc. And what I mean by that is setting a margin for error or sort of a whoops fund, as I like to call it, a sort of a pre-planned Hail Mary to take the stress away from your finances over the silly season. Just sort of a little fund that you can dip into that sort of really reduces the chances of you bulldozing your long-term financial confidence with... Silly season hype. So let's say maybe you go in going, okay, look, I'm going to take $500 out of my savings or $100 out of my savings or $1,000, you know, whatever is right for you to bolster my festive socialising and after work drinks and maybe a present to myself and all of that. And that will be my margin for error. It's like I kind of always say on my money mindset school posts on Instagram, if you've ever seen them, if you're going to end up at the same outcome anyway, for example, $500 less in your savings, don't torment yourself the entire holiday season. Season by shamefully transferring $50 out of your savings 10 times the exact same outcome. But imagine the difference in your mindset when you go, okay, I'm going to take $500 out and you make that decision one time and that is your whoops fund, that is your margin for error. If you go over your weekly spending amount or you spend an extra $50 when you're out for drinks with friends, we miss the bus and you get an Uber or whatever it might be. Imagine the difference in your mindset by making that decision one time, then shamefully, you know, Unfortunately, shame comes with withdrawing money from our savings unplanned. Shamefully having to transfer $50 10 times in one month. It's exactly the same outcome. And often, when you give yourself permission, you spend less anyway. <laughs> But the aim is not to spend less anyway. The aim is to give yourself a margin for error. The spending less anyway is sort of a happy coincidence that can happen from giving yourself the permission to spend. But you see what I mean—the difference in that five hundred dollar example. Rather than ten taps into your financial confidence, it's just one decision you make it up front, and you can just go in knowing you've got that margin for error, and therefore your house savings are not interrupted. You're not finding yourself taking fifty dollars out of your holiday fund or your side hustle fund. You're not deciding to. Put things on credit because that's your only option because you've got your margin for error and lastly tip number eight is thinking very carefully about what you want for christmas or the holidays if people are asking you now this is always a difficult one to talk about because some people really kind of jump to call me out and be like that's consumerism yeah look everything we consume has an impact on the world in some way and we could all argue that we don't need any of it i choose to look at the holiday season and christmas from a realistic point of view and you know my reality is that i celebrate christmas with my boyfriend's family and to an extent my own family we've never been big on christmas but yet yeah, we have done gifts And, you know, I work in an office where there's going to be a secret Santa or something probably. And for that reason, you know, I can stamp and scream and be a Grinch all I want, but there will be gifting as part of my holiday reality and therefore people are going to ask me what I want for Christmas and for a long time I thought it was like really humble to be like oh no nothing nothing I didn't want anything but if you know that people are going to get you a gift anyway I personally think that you can be more conscious and more sort of responsible by actually requesting something that you really want and or will really use because if that person's going to get you a gift anyway and you've given them absolutely no pointers about what you want they are left guessing. And that is more wasteful, in my opinion, than you just going, you know what, I need some new moisturiser. I use the Dr. Dennis Gross moisture cushion. It's $45. Thanks. That makes a lot more sense to me because you are going to use it. It's going to save you time because you don't have to go and buy it yourself. It's going to save you money because it's going to mean that you've got one there on hand when your current one runs out. And it means they spent their money on something you actually want. So if you are asked what you would like for Christmas or for a birthday or for a holiday gift, think about things that you can suggest that might improve your life, save you money, reduce stress in some way, stock you up on something that you use regularly. Like, could you get your skincare stash replenished? Do you need a new SD card for your camera? Are there books that you keep meaning to buy? Are you hanging out to try Audible? Could you ask for some Audible credits? What about those throw pillows that you've been looking at for ages? Think about things that you would have bought anyway or things that you use regularly and then allow your gift buyers to solve that problem for you. Because I don't think, and in fact, I actively disagree that gifts should be something shiny and novel. If it's something the recipient will use and it will improve their life in some way, I think that's the best gift of all from a personal perspective and also from an environmental perspective and a consumption perspective too. So that is your final tip. Think how you can use a Christmas list or a list of things that you would like or that would improve your life so that when people ask you what you would like for Christmas or the holidays, you can actually respond with something you will use, minimise waste and maybe even save yourself money and time and stress in the future. That is all for today, my wonderful friends. Have a happy and safe December and festive season, especially my pals in Melbourne and Sydney because we've only just come out of lockdown. So that last point applies to you in extra, extra amounts. (laughs) Remember, the holiday season is to be enjoyed however you celebrate. I know that it can be emotionally, financially and otherwise triggering for many people and I am totally there with you on that. But do what you can to protect yourself, enjoy yourself, don't beat yourself up, but also don't, you know, leave yourself a shitstorm to clean up in the new year, a financial shitstorm. (laughs) I will be back with some hot tips before the end of the year on how we can get our finances prepared for 2022. And I have a couple of exciting things in the world to help you kick off the new year in exactly the right mindset and really start with a really positive game plan to make 2022 one of your best financial years ever. So stay tuned for those. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode and that it's helped you sort of get your head in the game for the festive season and got you thinking about some more positive mindset shifts that can help you spend in a way that adds value rather than takes away. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, I would love, love, love if you left me a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps more people find the show and share it with a friend if you think that they could benefit as well. I will be back in your ear holes next week with a very special guest. Have a great week, everybody. I will see you then. Bye.